Well, here's a question I got this week. Dan, how long should I starve in my passion before getting a real job? What do you think? Is it always a matter of just ignoring our passion? Just being realistic? Getting a real job? Hey, stick around. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? You know, I never get tired of hearing that opening. Well, you know I believe it's possible. I know you do, too, or you wouldn't be sticking around here. This is Dan Miller. This is 48 Days Radio. If you've been listening for any period of time, you know we talk about 48 days being a period of time in which you can make major changes in your life, redirect, start something new, go in a new direction, create a plan and act on it. You can do it. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be unpacking today. That first one, Dan, I quit my $80,000 a year job to become a starving artist. How long should I wait before just signing up for a real job again? Somebody wants to know, do you think it's possible to have a successful online business these days with little to no social media presence? Dan, I've been part of a family business for almost 30 years out of obligation. It's time to find my own path. Wow, we're going to give this gentleman some help. And then a lady says, the pandemic has essentially eliminated my current career. I'm turning 55 and I'm completely willing to pivot. All right, our quotation comes from Nelson Mandela, who said, There is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Love that. Okay. Well, you know you can send your questions in to 48 askdan at 48days.com. These are real-life questions. You can share your struggles, success stories, tips you want other listeners to hear. We get all of those. Appreciate you sending those our way. Just again to ask Dan at 48days.com. Resource this week is, this is going to be um, one that doesn't stick around a long time. So I hope you're listening soon after this episode is released on April 23rd, 2021, because it is 48dayseagles.com slash join. And we're doing a webinar this week showing people how to use 15 hours a week to build a new direction, whether it's to get a promotion, a new job, start a business, how to use 15 hours a week. And I'm going to give you a formula for that just right here, just a real brief overview of that because it comes up so often. But we're also giving you all a chance to join the Eagles community. You know I talk about that a lot. We've got an opportunity for you to join right now for $4.80 for the first month. And along that, with that, you'll get a copy of my new book, bonuses, all those years, no matter what you do beyond that. Obviously, that's just to get you immersed in this amazing community so you realize how mind-blowing it is. But if you go to 48dayseagles.com slash join, you'll see that special offer if, in fact, it's pretty close to the time when this podcast went up. Now, there's a lot of things changing in the workplace, as there's no surprise I mean, there are now 15 million job openings. Now, this is, you know, we're at the end of a very, very interesting year. 
It's been over a year now since this whole pandemic thing started and hit the United States so strong. So a lot of things have been up in the air. A lot of companies have closed, things have been restructured, but there's a lot of companies that are thriving if they could get people to come to work. We see this just over and over and over again here in Florida, places that cannot get. We walked into a restaurant the other day, one of our favorite restaurants, and there's a sign up to please be patient, critical shortage of workers. And it seems to be that way just no matter where we're going, not just restaurants, but other businesses as well. So there are 15 million job openings. That means that the people who want to work are in the driver's seat. They have opportunities at every turn. However, this is a factor that, for which I have no easy solution. There's a whole lot of companies out there that say they believe the generosity of unemployment benefits and the stimulus payments that have been sent out have had a devastating effect on the number of workers they're able to recruit. Because there's, a, according to employers, there's a whole lot of people just staying home because they can actually make more money not working. Ouch. That's a horrible commentary on what we've done in this country. To provide so much of a net that people weigh the options and say it's easier to stay at home and have somebody else. And that's a big question. Who is that somebody else that's going to keep taking care of them? Well, not a great situation, but if you're a job seeker, you're certainly in the, in the driver's seat right now. Um, there are companies everywhere that are begging to have you come on board. If you know your marketable skills, you're willing to work. You're eager to contribute to what a company is going to do. Golly, your, your options are just unlimited to get out there and make something happen, find new new ch- options for you. Be delighted to hear about those, to hear what it is you're discovering if you're a job seeker. Now, relative to this 15 hours a week, I talk about that a lot. We get a lot of questions about that. Can I really do something in 15 hours? Yeah, we talk about the, the possibility of starting something on the side, where you then generate 50% of your current income, then know you're in the driver's seat. If you moved all of your attention to that side thing, you can probably close the gap on what you're creating in a traditional job. Now, again, a lot of people choose to continue in the job. In this webinar we just did, you know, I profiled people in our 48 Days community who have developed a very successful side business but they've chosen to stay in their job anyway because they like the camaraderie. They like the team spirit going on there. They like the company. They believe in what they're doing. And so they've just, matter of fact, I profiled one lady in our community who her goal this year in being a a star employee and in an executive position, her goal is to generate equal to her full-time pay in her side business this year. So she double her income by having this business she developed using this 15-hour process. So here's the 15 hours. I'll just tell you briefly what it is. I mean, this is what we covered in the webinar. You can check to see if it's still up, 48dayseagles.com slash 15 hours. I mean, we leave that up for a couple weeks, usually after we do it, and then take it down. But it's 48dayseagles.com slash 15 hours is where I really went through in detail this process. But the 15 hours, the challenge is, 
A lot of people who want to start something on the side use the 15 hours to simply get more knowledge. So they listen to podcasts, they read books, they go to conferences, you know, they hang out, they join a mastermind or whatever, but they simply are adding new knowledge. That doesn't put any money in your bank account. Now, it's an admirable thing to do and certainly part of the process, but you can't put all your time there or nothing will change. So my recommendation is that of the 15 hours, you spend three hours in that part where you're reading, studying, gathering new knowledge. So 20% of the time, and there we would title that learning. All right. So that's three hours. Again, out of the 15 hours and five hours, creating content. That may mean working on your book, the course you're going to offer, the coaching packages you're going to have. It may be building furniture, baking bread, making candles, uh, maybe creating new art pieces, like some of the questions we're going to cover today here. So that's 33% of the time, but that's five hours where you're creating. Yeah, you're actually creating something that people know has value that you can exchange for their dollars. Four hours is spent then working directly with clients and customers. Getting out there and delivering what it is they want, answering their questions, whether that be in in coaching or giving them access to the course that you have or showing them the furniture that you built or walking them through your art studio. That's four hours, four hours of the 15, and that's earning. So you got to have that. And as soon as you do that, you have a real business. And we want you to do that right out of the gate. This is not something where you're going to wait for two years to learn enough to start. No, just do something, but start earning money right from the beginning in what you're doing. And then the remaining three hours is spent in what we call communicating. And that would mean marketing efforts to build your brand and reputation. You may want to do a presentation at the local Rotary Club, some other civic organization to your local church, telling them about what it is that you're doing, giving them something of value that leads them to get back to you then and do business with you. So there we've got it. Three hours learning, five hours creating, four hours earning, three hours communicating. I love what we see that being able to do for people. They move into ideas, develop things that are going to give them new options in their lives. Okay, questions. Here we go. Leanna says, hi, Dan, love your book, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love. Question for you. My husband and I worked really hard to get out of debt the last couple of years, finally arrived in December. I promptly quit my draining job in digital content marketing where I just reached 80000 a year and pivoted to writing and painting, which are two big passions of mine. We're living on my husband's income just fine, but we aren't making real headway on savings goals. While I appreciate everything I've learned from each job I've had, I was hoping to go full-time into painting or writing. However, I realized that with the amount I'm currently charging, I'd have to create an obscene number of paintings to reach the amount of money I'd like to make. Again, 70 or 80000 she gives her website. It's actually CaptureTheWag.com. I went there and looked. So she, uh, Leanna, you do... Paintings that have to do with pets, just cool. CaptureTheWag.com. At this point, I don't think I want to get back into digital marketing, but I'm not sure how feasible it is for me to keep on painting and writing and not having a real job. I'm doing promotions, and soon we'll do a, a local pop-up show for my art, but almost feel like I'm chasing the system, or cheating the system. How long should I wait before just signing up for a real job again? Nothing is piquing my interest. Thanks. Le- Leanna. Wow, this is the quintessential 
question that so many creatives have. Should I just forget my music, my art, my comedy, my whatever it is that I'm doing, my sculpture, my poetry? Should I just forget that and just go get a real job, bite the bullet and go get a real job? Well, there've been a whole lot of people. Just this week, I interviewed uh, Shauna McGreevy from McGreevy Cakes. She does outrageously beautiful cakes. Now, she didn't go to college to learn how to decorate cakes. She knew that she loved art as a little girl. But when you come up through school and you're ready to go to college, people give you this great advice. Well, you can do that as a hobby, but you could never do that to make real income. You have to get a degree in something where you can get a job. So she did. She got a degree in education and became a school teacher, which she did. She taught school. Then she got married, and then they started having babies. They had four little babies, pretty short succession. She wanted to be home with her little babies. Unfortunately, her husband was making enough money that she had the luxury of doing that, so she stayed home. Well, then as a mom, excited with her kids, you know, birthday comes up, and she wanted to do something memorable, something creative. So she made a cake, and she said, oh my gosh, it was like all of a sudden, her sleeping artist came roaring back to life, is how she describes it. And she thought, whoa, if I put videos of making these cakes up, people would start watching them. And they have, believe me. She started putting up videos of the cake decorating that she was doing. She had people respond to that. She said people pay for tutorial, pay for coaching, they organized a cruise, crazy cake cruise, where people came and they made a chunk of money on that. Now they have a community, Cake Heads, where people pay a monthly fee to be part of that. All of this led to the fact her husband quit his job. He was the family provider having a degree in engineering. He had a great job. Her little hobby art thing took off so outrageously, he quit his job. He helps her. We had a delightful conversation. That was one of the Monday mentor calls in the Eagles community. Just one of the things that happens in there, but it's a great encouragement. I hope Leanna for you, you don't need to give up. It's simply a matter of how are you going to be creative about what it is you're doing with your work with people's pets. Think about the things I just described that Shauna's doing with cakes. You can do that and more. The way you could show up with people, show up at events, give them ways to communicate with each other, you know, have events where they pay to participate in that. I mean, look for ways that you can leverage the art that you're doing. Don't give up on that. I mean, is it unrealistic to expect to make $80,000 a year? Not at all. I mean, I'm here in my office looking at some of the artwork that people have given me over the years who found their passion and ways to leverage it exponentially. And they are living lives that they only dreamed about when they had real jobs. Now, I'm going to give you some resources here, three resources. And again, it's hard to structure exactly what your business plan ought to look like, but I want you to believe that it's possible. I don't want you to go back and get a real job until you've exhausted way more possibilities than what you have at this point. Now, you've got a great website, and I see you've moved into some other little products that you have there, you know, mugs and mouse pads and things, and that's cool. I commend you on doing that. But there's way more you can do to leverage your art if you really have that as your passion. Three books I'm going to recommend. Real Artists Don't Starve by Jeff Goins. The War of Art 
Stephen Pressfield, and The Empowered Artist by Bob Baker. That's probably not as well known as the others, but it has more real practical tips for how to get paid for your art than any other book I know of. The Empowered Artist, Bob Baker, great guy, long-term friend. He really He's done what he's talking about. This is not just theory. So you can do this, and any of the rest of you listening as well who have similar kind of desires, similar kind of passions, it's not a matter of giving up and being realistic. It's a matter of being creative and doing things that other people aren't doing to bring your dream to life and be able to live in your passion. Well, Greg says, do you think it's possible to have a successful online business these days with little to no social media presence? Thanks, Greg. Yes. All right. Well, I I suspect, Greg, that you want to have a little more explanation than that, than just my opinion. But do I think it's possible to have a successful online business with little or no social media presence? Yeah, I sure do. Now, look at the things that you can do that really don't involve social media. You can have a newsletter. I mean, when I started my newsletter in August of 2000, I sent it out to the 67 people whose email addresses I had. And it just simply grew from there, not through using social media, just from people sharing it with other people. And by me mentioning that when I would speak or do a presentation somewhere or referencing it in a book that I would do as an example. And that little list of 67 names, you know, grew to over 140,000 names from people sharing it like that. You can do a blog, you can do a podcast with a call to action. Just like what I do here every week, there's some kind of call to action. This podcast is the most powerful marketing tool I've ever experienced. I mean, far outweighing anything we've ever done with social media. I'm not against social media at all, believe me, but I just, well, to me, it's like uh, wasting time and money. A lot of things people are doing because I think it's so easy to have a business without getting hung up in just those things. You can be a guest on podcast. We went through the release of the 20th anniversary edition of 48 Days. I mean, I did a whole bunch of interviews. Each of those interviews, we created a unique landing page for the host to share that then drew other people, thousands of people that would then go get a free chapter, other bonuses we had there, and they would be added to that newsletter list where we can then share with them new things that we're doing as well. Obviously, you could write a book. I mean, those have served me very, very well. Just have one being edited right now that I'm excited about releasing yet this year. Uh, I'll tell you more about that as it gets a little more shaped up. But those are ways you can do, you can grow a business exponentially. Now, here's what I want you to do. Just look back 20 years ago. I mean, that's really not that long. That's a blink of an eye. But 20 years ago, we go back. I mean, we're talking still in the 2000s. I mean, you know, now we hear kids talking about, you know, I was born back in the 1900s. My, my gosh, we talk about that as like it was a long time ago because we're already 21 years into this century. But if we look back 20 years ago, we didn't have Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, or Clubhouse. But businesses were doing just fine. I mean, I started teaching a Sunday school class, and the effect of that alone was enough to fill my schedule more than I could personally handle. Then I moved into just one from one-on-one coaching. I moved into forms of sharing my message beyond that one-on-one coaching because the opportunity was so available. And I did start selling online. 
but I sold millions of dollars of 48 Days to the Work You Love in that original three-ring binder version before we had any of the social media outlets that we have today. And I'm totally confident I could go back to that Sunday school class and still have a very successful online business. And I think anybody can do And And frankly, we've seen a whole lot of people who have become too dependent on social media and then things change and all of a sudden they're devastated because it, they, somebody pulled the rug out of the business they built on rented land. Well, yes, I do think you can build a very successful online business and with no social media presence if you choose to do so. Greg says, now this is, this is I'm going to give a synopsis on this one because this is a long, um, heartfelt, but challenging presentation from Greg. And I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing this. Note that you sent to both Dave Ramsey and me because it involves some of his teachings and some of mine. And you say, dear Dave and Dan, I'm writing to both of you as I've been very, in, I've been very influenced in my life over the years. I respect your wisdom greatly. I feel as if I've created my own monster by being passive regarding my beliefs in marriage, regarding money, sex, love, and romance. After taking Dan's advice and learning of his mastermind group study, I finally started reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. At first, it was for the desire of money, but I found in my studies to apply it to riches, spiritual, relational, those aspects more importantly. Good. I'm delighted about that. This study might quite possibly be the best self-evaluation regarding success in all areas of one's life ever. My question is, more importantly, about financial oneness, the other areas I will need to pray about work in those areas of my life. Now, I'm not going to share, uh, Greg, your uh, lengthy letter. Again, I appreciate your uh, openness in sharing that. As you probably suspect, there's far too much here to address in a short email or verbal response here in the podcast. And as you clearly lay out, uh, this is not really a financial issue. This is a relationship issue. Greg shares about the fact that he and his wife are not on the same page financially. She has her own account, won't let him see it, makes her own deposits, won't let him know how much is in there. Um, but they're they're thinking about buying a house. And there's just all kinds of red flags that have to do not with just coming up with a financial plan, but resolving some of the relationship issues that seem to be deeply embedded here. This is not a financial issue. This is a relationship issue. And I'd certainly encourage you and your wife to meet with a counselor and don't approach it as a financial problem. Now, a couple additional notes here for Greg and the rest of you listening. April 26th is a Monday uh, coming up soon. And in on that Monday is when I will be unpacking the next chapter of Thinking to Grow Rich in our 40 Days Eagles community. It'll be chapter five on specialized knowledge. I love that people have become so deeply immersed in this as we go through it, recognizing it's not just about getting rich financially. It's about being rich in all areas of our lives. Specialized knowledge allows us to be an expert in something that has higher value than if we're just a generalist. That's what I'm going to be talking about. Now, the other thing, just a quick point, is, you know, Joanna and I have uh, been married a very long time, and we have we don't haven't just used a cookie cutter approach to how we handle our finances. Joanna doesn't like having to look at the finances. She knows we're doing okay, and as long as we're doing okay, she's fine with that. She doesn't enjoy knowing the particulars and the uh, 
the ups or downs. She, she just doesn't. So we established years ago that she does have her own account. Now I have total access to that as she does to mine. But on the 1st and the 15th, I just make a transfer into her account. That's totally her. She doesn't need to account for that. Now she's not responsible for you know, our mortgage or utilities, anything like that at all. This is just simply for her own needs to get her hair done, you know, get to lunch with friends, to give to grandkids, to, you know, support other causes she wants to. It's just her money. That has worked really, really well for us. And I've not found it helpful to try to pull her into making decisions about every little thing that happens in business or even, frankly, personally in our finances. That's worked really well for us. I think you need to just resolve this as a couple, wherever you are, and figure this out, how this is best done for you two individually. Um, I, I hesitate to just present a cookie cutter program for this is the way it ought to be done for everybody. So figure it out, have fun doing it. You know, Joanna and I are very, very open about um, money. I hope that we are generous, and I think that we are. We both enjoy that a lot, but um, we don't get uh, mired down in the weeds of um, financial decisions that uh, would simply frustrate Joanne. Well, probably a, a a casual answer there that may not give specific help, but I, my encouragement is for each of you who are married to just simply figure out what works for you. All right, with that, I'm, I'll jump out of the, the weeds there. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have to figure that one out totally. But anyway, thank you again, Greg, for your your openness, your question, your comments. I'm glad that you're getting value from the Think and Grow Rich book. I know a lot of others of you are as well. Hey, the music, just as a reminder that you can send your question in. Just shoot it in to Dan, askdan at 48days.com. Again, askdan at 48days.com. All right, let's get a couple more here. Joe says, I'm sure you get many questions on a daily basis, and I appreciate you considering mine. I've been part of a family business for almost 30 years. Looking back, I know I joined and stayed out of obligation rather than passion. I now have a plan for exiting the business, and I'm taking a sabbatical to work in myself, my health, and to find my passion. Do you have any suggestions on how to best use this time? Joe, man, oh man, congratulations on doing that. I mean, this is so common. It's really a challenge when there is a family business and there's that subtle expectation that the next generation is going to take it over. I mean, I've seen it work really well and I've seen it create heartache and disaster in families for there to be that strong expectation. I commend you on taking some time off. I don't know how much time you're taking off, Joe, but I would encourage you to go right back through the basic, basic principles that I share in 48 Days to the Work You Love. Identify your skills and abilities. There may be things that you know you can do because you have the ability to do it, and you've proven that in being in the family business. But identify not only the things you have the ability to do, but things you really do enjoy doing. This is a time you're giving yourself the freedom to look at it in that way. So identify those skills and abilities, but primarily the ones that you really do enjoy doing. And then your personality tendencies. Are you outgoing? Are you social or gregarious? Are you more introverted and shy? Do you like ideas? Do you like doing financial work? 
Do you enjoy being with people? I mean, just all those things, no good or bad, right or wrong. If you haven't done so, certainly take advantage of doing the DISC profile or the Enneagram or Strength Finders or all of those that you can access those to know more about yourself in that arena. So you stay true then to that. It's not uncommon at all in a family business to be pushed into doing things that that don't really fit you well personality-wise just because the need is there. So back out of that, take a deep breath, ask others around you who know you well, where they see you as being strong, and then have that as something that you want to validate. And then that area, the third area behind skills and abilities, personality tendencies is what I call values, dreams, and passions. In the last 30 years of working for the business, what are those things that have, when they come up, not just in the business, but in your personal life? Things that when they come up, it really gets your attention, where you really feel like you're in the zone. You really enjoy doing this. You ought to be able to see some patterns with that much time, see some patterns that emerge. Then knowing those three areas, start to ask yourself, all right, now what kind of work, what kind of business would embrace what I now know about myself? Since you're taking a sabbatical and you haven't defined how long that is here, Joe, I would encourage you to take 30 days, if you can, to just reflect. Just get away, maybe by yourself. Just reflect. I mean, do some reading, but just get outside, walk, let your mind clear, reflect on this process, 30 days, and then take 18 days to plan your future. Now, you notice I just slipped in there 48 days. Well, yeah, I I think you can do this. I think you can come through even just that much time and have real clear confidence about what you're going to do. Hopefully, you're leaving the family business with uh, good feelings for all the family members that are involved or an exit plan with a sale of the business or something like that, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, this is a, a great move to honor your own health and passion it's not a greedy, it's not a, it's not a selfish kind of move at all. You know, when people get trapped in doing things they don't enjoy, nobody is served well. And sometimes I, I'm concerned about major names in business that we see where the children just automatically got grafted in to doing that. And yet, wow, is that really what they want to do? In my own family, I mean, I have two sons and a daughter. In talking with my sons, it was clear it wasn't a really great fit for either of them to work with me in the business. They both have in different ways over the years, but it's certainly not an ongoing consistent thing or a long-term plan to have one of them involved. My daughter, Ashley, as you know, is is different. She's worked for me for almost 20 years now. As soon as she graduated from University of Tennessee, she started working with me even before then had been working with me as a teenager in seminars and all that. But she is a really good fit. I am a visionary. She's an integrator. We've talked about that division, but we've had conversations multiple, multiple times. I mean, every six months or so we have a conversation about, you know, are you living your dream or are you just helping dad live his dream? We want to be real clear on that. Her life has changed. She's now a mama with three kids. You know, they're full-time travelers, but I want to make sure that the work she's doing in 48 days is the utilization of her passions, her skills, her personality tendencies, all the things we're talking about here. So we've been very, very open about that. And if that changes, she has total freedom to leave, redirect, do something else. Lane says, I'm 33 with experience in engineering, four years, and ministry, four years. I'm working as a youth pastor, feel my time is coming to an end due to lack of passion and desire. 
I'm trying to decide my next move. I greatly enjoy studying, writing, and teaching, but I also love building things. I have a vision to start a business that helps outdoorsmen know the creator while in his creation. This would be accomplished through a blog, ebooks, and workbook series, podcast, speaking, etc. I have a direction and content plan. I also have an opportunity to begin fabricating gates for a successful fencing company. This could be the start of my own business or lead to being hired by the existing company. How do I decide what to pursue since both of the options interest me? Thanks for your wisdom. Lane, here's what I would suggest. 33, I love your background, what you bring to the table. I love your vision for starting a business that helps outdoorsmen know the creator well in his creation. You talk about the things that you are outlining there, books, podcasts, speaking, maybe events, those kind of things. Here's what I would recommend. How are you going to create income in the next 30 days? When you talk about having an event or a workbook series or an ebook or a book or a podcast or speaking, those are things that generally don't create significant income in the first 30 days. Now, if you're in a position where you have, say, six months where you really don't need to worry about income, that may be the thing to just dig in, see if you can really create a process for bringing that to life totally. But if you need to create income, if you're married and have kids, as an example, that's not the thing to do. The thing to do is what can you do right now that'll create income? And when you talk about you have an opportunity to fabricate gates for a successful fencing company, I mean, that implies you can this next week build three gates and be paid for them. I would say do that. Do that. Whenever I've started one of my creative ideas, I have never gone to that 100%. I've always had something that provides income. Even times when I've been in graduate school for my a master's degree and doctoral program, those, during those times, I would paint houses, you know, do remodeling jobs. I'd buy and sell cars just on my own, put them in a the front yard. But I always did things like that that would create income immediately to provide for all of our personal needs. My dreams, my passions were things that I developed alongside of those and allowed them to grow so that when the income overtook what I was creating from the other things, then I would move fully into that. So I would suggest this, that you make gates. I mean, there's a lot of honor in making great gates. Do that so you provide the income that you need. Then build a model for what your passion really is, this vision to help outdoorsmen. Build that model, start doing that. Those are things that don't lock you into eight to five or 40 hours a week anyway. Do that and get to the point where you're generating, say, I don't know what your needs are, but let's say that you get to the point where you're generating $5,000 a month from that. At that point, then you ought to be able to take a fresh look at, does this have a potential to really be the primary source of my income? And if so, you can move into that. Now, if it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with building gates and doing what you're describing as your vision as a side business, side opportunity. Like we have talked about in this 15 hours, a lot of people use the 15 hours a week to simply do something that is an expression of their passion, something that does provide income for them, but they don't really have the desire to grow that into the only thing they do anyway. And with what you're talking about, you may have three events a year for outdoorsmen to get together. And aside from that, you spend 15 hours a week doing a blog and a podcast and speaking. And that is what 
fits well for the expression of your passion in that arena. There's nobody saying you have to expand that to be the only thing that you do. Well, I hope that helps, Lane. Great question. Great setup. Keep me posted on what you're doing in that arena. Let me grab one more here. Allison says, the pandemic has essentially eliminated my current career. I'm turning 55 and completely willing to pivot. I'm willing to work hard, but I don't have a clue how to run a business. But I'm really good at giving away services for free. (laughs) Help. All right. How do I change my mindset in it to help people be healthy and free? Well, I don't know what skills and abilities, you know, what passions you bring to the table, Allison, totally here, but you can certainly pivot at 55. I mean, just think about it. When we have people living to be 95 and productive, I saw um, a little piece on, um, oh, who was the guy that used to play Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. You know, he's still dancing at 95 and shows up, showed up at an unemployment line and handed out wads of cash to, to people just this last week, 95. That's 40 years from where you are. 40 years is a very long time. You can absolutely begin a new career or three or four in that period of time. So there's no, you're certainly not too late to completely pivot as you say you're willing to do. So this is a time to look inward first. of the process of having a confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward. So look inward. You've got enough life experience at 55 to be able to give you a whole lot of clues about what your real life's message should be, what your passion is, and how you want to apply that. So move into that. If that's helping people be healthy, there's so many, there's unlimited opportunities, ways that you could do that. You can be a personal trainer. You can be a nutritionist. You can coach people through their own challenges. You can help them have the confidence and fortitude to go through a weight loss program. I mean, there's so many ways that you can apply that. Now, you say you don't have a clue how to run a business. I'm not suggesting necessarily that you have to do that. Um, It does take a lot to run a business. And just having a good skill or good knowledge is certainly not enough. There's a whole lot more that's required in running a business. So I'm not sure if, in fact, we have, if you go to 48days.com, go to useful resources. We've got checklists there where you can go through some checklists to see, does this really fit you? You know, being an entrepreneur, doing something on your own. So do that introspection but then get clear on what it is that you want to do. If that's another job working for on the company in a new career, certainly not anything wrong in doing that. You can do that. If it is something to kind of scratch your own itch or follow a passion that looks more like doing something on your own, there's a lot of creative ways to do that. And the thing is, when you work for a company, I mean, a company needs to know that your efforts there are going to create four to five times the income of what they're paying you. I mean, you don't work for a company where, you know, they pay you $40,000 a year and your work there generates $41,000 a year. I mean, no company would do that. If they're paying you $40,000 a year, they ought to be bringing in $160,000. I mean, that's kind of a rule of thumb. So it makes sense. If you go out and do something on your own, you can do less than the work you were doing previously and still create more income. I mean, if you're a graphic designer being paid $20 an hour at a company for 40 hours a week, you know, making $800 a week, and you decide to go out on your own, you can easily move into where you're charging $60 or $70 an hour, you know, 
double, more than double that, that's very realistic. And a lot of people have done that, recognizing then with that, they can work fewer hours and still increase their income. So there's a lot of wiggle room in what you can do in choosing your own path here. But look internally first, choose your own path, move forward with confidence. Well, just a reminder, our quotation for today, again, was from Nelson Mandela, who said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. Again, questions, shoot those into me at askdan at 48days.com. And our resource for today, if you're listening close to the time this is released, is 48dayseagles.com slash join, where you can jump in the Eagles community for $4.80 for a month. We've never done that before. Just a harebrained idea we had to introduce people to it. We know that once they're in there, they'll love it. And the community is growing. Some amazing things happen in there. We've got success stories that are just um, so rewarding to watch how people are in fact living out the life that they want and i thank you being part of this community of listeners here i appreciate your time each week to go stick with us through the podcast i hope that the tips do help you move into your life that you love we know the people in this group we all know without any question that we can find or create work that is meaningful purposeful and profitable.